listening to the Not Takes Fantasy Football Podcast. Welcome everybody to the Not Takes Fantasy Football Podcast where we're getting ready for the playoff push and going to get you guys ready for week 11 of the fantasy football season. And as always, you're joined by your host, Bob and Dan. Dan, what up? What up, Bob? Man, week 11, huh? It's playoff push time. It's getting ready. I mean, these are all those... This is all about to pay off, or uh, you're about to secure a, a high seed in your next year's draft. So, uh, you know, either way, uh, I know which side I prefer to be on, but I, I kind of have an expect expectation of what side I'm going to end up on. So, Yeah, <laughs> unfortunately, in two different leagues, I'm living both sides of that life to the extreme. <laughs> I actually just made a, a, a trade uh, in, in the league I've been in with some buddies I used to work with back in the day. Um, they do draft pick compensation uh, for trades because yeah. they do, like, I think it's th- up to three keepers in that league. Right. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm about to trade T.Y. Hilton for a f- uh, fourth-round draft pick. So I'm going to stock Ooh. up on the draft picks because Lev Bell, who we will be talking about, just so, yeah. tanked my whole season in that league. <laughs> yeah, uh, that's got to hurt. A little, it stings it, just a little bit, hurt. unless if you're yeah. Greg, which we'll talk about Greg in a little bit. Too. Yeah, unless you have someone who was really kind of looking out for your fantasy best interests. Uh, <laughs> you, you, you really, you're really going to feel some hurt today. Uh, it's just kind of the way it's gone. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, that sort of segues into what we're going to talk about today. So, as always on our Tuesday show, we're going to cover important news, injuries, and developments that have occurred. We had a couple that broke right before we came on that I want to cover that's not necessarily in the show notes, Dan. Um, We've got our favorite segment of the week, Real or Fake. We'll explain that a little bit further uh, as we go along. We've got a couple Twitter questions that came through that I really wanted to cover. We'll do a quick preview of the Thursday night game, and then that'll wrap up the show. So, Dan, if you're ready, you want to get into the news and notes? Yeah, let's do it. So the first one I want to go over, Dan, it it just broke right before, I'm sure you saw it come through. The Monday night game, which could be the game of the year between the Chiefs and the Rams, has already been moved from Mexico to Los Angeles based on some field field problems. Uh, It looked pretty bad from the pitchers I saw. I say good move by the NFL. NFL. This is a marquee game, and there's no need to mess around with the talent that's on the field. Yeah, yeah, I completely agree with you. I mean, I, I get why they're trying to kind of go to these other countries and kind of spread the the NFL experience around the world and stuff like that. Uh, but I think what it boils down to is that you got to protect the talent because the talent is the only thing that's you know kind of driving the league at this point. Uh, so you you can't have them go out there in horrible field conditions and just have the risks risks of injury this close to the playoff time uh i i wouldn't have been surprised honestly uh with with who these teams are um you know would you have been surprised if if the field conditions were that bad as terrible as they're kind of saying they were going to be uh whether you see some of the, the big time more marquee players maybe kind of take a seat what? maybe sit out and, and i think that's where the threat was because i saw everything i saw the original picture and then it seemed like an hour later it was you know the top names are threatening not to play which i don't blame them a right they're worried about making sure they get paid and don't, don't suffer a catastrophic injury yep. and b they're both fighting for the overall number one seed regardless right. so i mean uh i think they're the pressure's there um you couldn't let this drag on because what if they couldn't get the field ready and then you're at thursday or friday and now you're scrambling right. to find a location so yeah. i think the nfl made the wise move and just got them into a, a safer playing condition. Oh, I completely agree. So, um, Dan, let's move into actual player news at this point. Um, we're going to start off wide receiver heavy. Um, and the big one, we talked about this on yesterday's show, uh, Cooper Cup confirmed by Adam Schefter tore <laughs> his ACL Week 10 against uh-huh. the Seahawks, so he's yeah. done for the year. Yeah, this is a bummer, uh, especially for, for those guys who kind of made a trade or targeted this fella for uh, you know, some some big uh, some big time games down the stretch, but uh, you know it's it's just I hate seeing people go down with injury. We've had a lot of season enders this year, uh, and this is an, another one where a real dynamic player, somebody who was really having some spectacular games uh, earlier in the year, 
uh, kind of gets banged up on those non-contact injuries. Uh, it's it's just weird. It seems like I don't really re- like when I was watching football when I was younger. I don't ever remember hearing about ACL tears and things like that. And maybe it's because I wasn't paying as much attention as I do now. Uh, but you know, hopefully he's back and better than ever next year. Uh, I think it's just the next man up in uh, LA. Uh, I think they'll be fine without him because of who they already had there. I think Robert Woods gets a huge upgrade. Uh, Cooks, I think, is already the number one guy there, uh, and it does not affect uh, Todd Gurley's value whatsoever. Maybe Goff's a little bit, but yeah. And now in retrospect, the aggressive trade that they got uh, and signing of Brandon Cooks looks Brandon all Cooks. the better right now. Yeah, I mean, genius at this point for sure. Um, yeah, and we're gonna. There was a Twitter question that came up about the proposed next man up, so we'll talk about that in a little bit. Um, moving on to some wide receivers uh, that may not be as big of a deal. Um, Martavis Bryant, according to NFL Network's uh, Ian Rappaport, may have torn his PCL Sunday in the Raiders' Week 10 loss to the Chargers. I mean, you probably weren't really playing him unless if you're in the deepest of leagues, but you really right. I personally thought he had an opportunity to step in once they got rid of Cooper, and uh, he just really threw up some duds, and then now the injury, so he's pretty much a, a done deal. Yeah, it was one of those games where I, I guess I'm not really uh, that invested, especially because of who who's he playing with. You know what I mean? Right. Uh, if, if this was an injury injury while he was on the Steelers, I'm way more concerned, way more interested in it than I am with the fact that he's simply going to be, what, now the number three guy on um, the Oakland Raiders? So, you know, I, 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 it, it, again, it's... It's terrible that he he has the injuries that he's dealing with it, but uh, in, in terms of fantasy relevance, uh, it just has not been there this season, which we were surprised by. I, I thought that maybe he had a chance to, to kind of make some noise there in Oakland. It just has not panned out. Yeah, and uh, it, just remember, he has that suspension looming over his head, so that could right. drop at any moment, too. So, I mean, even in I Dynasty... Bet, I bet he almost wishes it just happens right now, you know what I mean? Yeah, I'm already injured, so why not? Just put me out of my misery. Um to the Miami Dolphins, Jakeem Grant, uh, sort of a big play type of receiver. He, he either gets you nothing or he gets you everything. Um, but it, it looks like he did not tear his Achilles Week 10 against the Packers. Good news because he was carted off the field. He may miss time, but it's not season ending. And their wide receiver core just keeps getting weaker and weaker by the week. I mean, this one's – I mean, not like he was a major part, but somebody as you know, a big play he, he was still he, he was still, you know, someone who could – have a genuine chance of busting a long play here and there. So you're right. Well, while he's not necessarily a, a genuine threat, uh, it just seems like now these these injuries are piling up, piling up. Uh, but I, I mean, it's the Miami passing game. Uh, I mean, if Devontae Parker can't kind of make something out of that, uh, I, I don't know where you look for in any kinds of any kind of receiver at this point. I think Amendola probably is the only one that's any any type of reliable. Right, and it has to be almost PPR setting too to make right. it reliable. Dan, this one not in our sheet, but just saw it come through a little bit ago. The Bills waived Terrell Pryor. Uh, this one's oh, not a good man. look, <laughs> right? Um, I mean, he looked really good in Cleveland the one year where he finally converted over. Thought he was going to pick right up where he left off in Washington. I know we did. That never happened. And now he's bounced around to a couple teams. And if the Bills get rid of you with how low name their receiving options are. Yeah, no kidding, right? I mean, we almost have to make a decision in our Dynasty League where we're looking to activate Mitchell Trubisky. We originally thought, let's just swap him out for Dalton. But, Mm -hmm. I mean, at this point... Even when he has been playing from Washington on, Terrell Pryor surprisingly isn't producing at all, so we might be able to just get rid of him and, and activate Trubisky at this point. Yeah, I agree. Uh, <laughs> you can sign me up for that uh, for for that move, actually, at this point. I could do it when we're done doing this. But, uh, <laughs> it, it, yeah, it, man, it's really surprising with how athletic Terrell Pryor was. Uh, or is I should say uh, that he just has not found a spot in the league. Like I thought for sure uh, that he was going to get. Uh, maybe that Washington Redskins season kind of damaged him more than we thought. Um, because I mean, ever since he signed a signed with the Redskins uh, that year, 
uh, he has not really done anything. You know what I mean? It's not a situation where he's had a chance to do much of anything. And it really surprised me. I'm actually surprised Cleveland didn't keep him when it seemed like he had no suitors. They could have kept him for darn near nothing. So that for sure. Maybe looking back, maybe they they saw something like they did with Carlos Hyde. Maybe Cleveland is starting to make right moves to make their team better in the long run. So. Eh, we'll see about that. Yeah, it, it is it is <laughs> Cleveland. So, um, Dan, let's move on to AJ Green. Nothing new, but just a reminder: Adam Schefter reports a December return is looking increasingly likely. So, you're looking at a couple more weeks, and if they get bounced out, I mean, I don't see any motivation for him to come back. So they they need to win a game here in the next two weeks to have any real outlook in my eyes. If they're saying December for him to to need to come back, if they're already right. out of it, I don't see the need. So. Yeah, no, I agree with you. If they are not in playoff contention, and the other interesting thing now is that uh, you think they're a little worried about Cleveland now with with the recent coaching hire there? Did you see who went there today, Bob? <laughs> Hopefully Hugh Jackson doesn't bring his record with him. I mean, <laughs> that could yeah. turn things down. Uh, so that that was interesting. And here's the thing. I agree with you. If they're not in playoff contention, I think you're done seeing A.J. Green for the year because why are you going to kind of bring him back for meaningless, pointless games? Why not see where Tyler, where Tyler what Tyler Boyd can kind of do as the legit number one for the rest of the season? Yeah. So uh, you just got to pay attention. If they lose the next two, I think he could be done because Pittsburgh could run away with the division and then they could be really struggling to keep up for a six seed. So Right. Um, Dan, good news for you. Julian Edelman, uh, Adam Schefter reports the outlook for Edelman uh, for his foot is positive, and he's not expected to miss much, if any time. So, um, you know, I didn't necessarily see the injury happen, uh, but did see uh, you know a few pop ups occur on it. Um, but if he misses no time, it sounds like this is good based on I guess what happened on the field there. Right. Uh, I mean, I think it, this is kind of an interesting. Um, uh, interesting time for the Patriots. I, I mean, right now you've got a week for Edelman to get healthy. You've got a week for Gronk to get healthy. What team is coming back uh, to kind of finish out this rest of the season and make this playoff push at this time? Uh, I mean, it's nice to see Edelman. I think he's been great since he's been back, Bob. I, yeah. I mean, yeah, he has definitely been a, a massive part of the um, – you know the offense and stuff like that uh i think he's been better than advertised since he's come back uh so i expect him to just kind of continue on with that but i think there are bigger questions about this offense in general uh like what Gronk comes back that's a, that's a big question it's a big big question which Gronk's showing up yep exactly and last receiver we're going to cover dan marvin jones from the lions adam Schefter reports he's day-to-day with a knee uh he has a bone bruise MRI revealed no ACL and MCL damage, which is good news for him. Um, With that type of injury, even though he wasn't necessarily injured to the full extent, I'm assuming he misses, and that would mean a hefty target distribution to Kenny Galladay. Smooth Kenny Galladay. Yeah, well, you mean... I mean, I think we kind of expected Kenny G to take over a little bit more anyways. Right. Uh, maybe this is the catalyst that kind of pushes it into that direction. But I don't know. It's been This Lions team has been weird this year. It seems like they're trying to push on Johnson a lot more than anybody else, right? Yep. Yeah, they, they've got a tough matchup, too. Carolina's no joke. Then they got Chicago. So, I mean, two right. games back-to-back. So, yeah, this this team is weird. They seemingly have the talent to be a lot better than they are, and I don't know what is wrong. I mean, it just seems like I, I thought Matt Stafford would be a lot better, and conversely, that means all of his ancillary parts would be better. Um, right. But if you're, if you're the true number one in that offense – Stafford's more than likely going to pepper you. So if if Jones is out, I mean, I start Kenny G all the time, but I'm starting him with more confidence if that's the fact. So. Yeah, I'm definitely thinking at this point you probably have a better, a better than average chance to have Kenny G maybe break one of those long balls because I think he's going to take over a lot of the the first kind of look routes and stuff like that. But still, a, a weird team, and it feels like they're they are going out of their way to get away from the the deep to down the field. Uh, passing game uh, and kind of ride Kerryon Johnson as um, as much as he person as much as he possibly can at this point. Right on. 
So, Dan, let's move into the elephant that's been basically hanging over the entire city of Pittsburgh and really a lot of fantasy players uh, that that invested early in him. Le'Veon Bell did not report by the 4 p.m. deadline. He is out for the remainder of the 2018 season. Oh, really? And he forfeited (laughs) uh, his pretty much $14.5 million season. Um, you know, he, he's obviously gone from Pittsburgh. Uh, they're not yep. going to offer him a deal uh, like they nope. did last year. So uh, this one's this one's a shame. I, I loved watching him play, so I'm going to be sad that he's gone. But uh, the Steelers got to feel really good that they drafted, I think, what some people thought might have been a higher-than-expected draft pick on James Conner because if this is the start of something, boy, they, they really made the right move to replace yeah. this. And it's kind of weird to uh see the you know it, it finally come to this point um because this is kind of where we where at least I thought it was heading anyway right uh, I thought this whole time that there was absolutely no chance uh for Lev Bell to report well, not I didn't say no chance I, I just didn't expect him to you know I thought he had taken a position that after that uh that initial contract offer from the Steelers didn't come through to what he wanted uh that he wasn't going to compromise it and he wasn't going to come play on the tag and he's not going to risk injury uh I guess the one thing I kind of is sticking in the back of my head is uh you know how much did the Des Bryant situation kind of maybe impact this I think that uh, was the exclamation point that said nope there's no reason yeah, for me to why come back. risk it especially with the fact that people were saying you know it's going to be very difficult for Des to come back from this uh who knows what kind of player he's going to be uh right now I think the best thing that Le'Veon Bell has going for him in terms of contract negotiations is the uh, the mystique of Le'Veon Bell, the the expectations of Le'Veon Bell. You expect to get him kind of where get out of him where fantasy guys drafted him, which is probably within the first or second pick of your fantasy draft. Um, you expect to get that. Uh, so that's his best position right now. And anything that can be done that can kind of sh- shed a little light on that and shed any kind of negative light on that, he's not doing that. Right. Uh, he can't compromise it at this point. He has to have the idea out there or the position out there uh, that he's still the Le'Veon Bell of old. Uh, and he probably still is. He absolutely he, – he, there's no reason for me to think he isn't. Uh, it's just, you know, as a Steeler fan, I say, thank God we've got James Conner. Right. Uh, and as a Le'Veon Bell fan, I, I can say, you know what, I can't blame him for what he's doing. We've said that from the very beginning. Don't blame him uh, one bit. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're disappointed. Uh, but I, I think it's been pretty well established, uh, the shelf life of an NFL running back. And I think you and I both agree this is probably his last big contract. Uh, so it's not like a situation where he can move to a different company or, you know, he has 10-year prospects down the line. Uh, he needs to make his money right now. And, uh, and, and I, I think, think that's he's what gonna his get, focus is. He's going to get paid. I mean, I actually think this looks better for him because – there's one less year of wear and tear and it's not like he's old i mean once you right. start getting to 30 that's where the you're gonna go one way or the other as a running back you still got two to three top level years out of him and i mean you could possibly tack on a year because he didn't play and take a beating so i mean i think he played this the way he needed to play it um it's unfortunate you know especially because this team looks like they're aiming towards a super bowl run again but right uh, you, you can't blame it's a business you know so the the language is in there i'm just surprised it seemed like the language was there the entire time that there was an out for him that he he didn't have to but it seemed like it just came up out of nowhere but it seems like it's always been in the language of the uh, collective bargaining agreement so i'm wondering a did his agent not know it or b did they know it and always have it in their back pocket to see how the season went it just seems like they could avoid it all this by just saying look i'm not playing this year and here's why because i can go in as a free agent because i've accrued the years needed or or whatever the right. verbiage is well here's the thing is that uh i mean i i have to think that his agent knew what was going on um, just because uh, there's no way that the guy has been able to do this much for him uh, and not know that. Uh, so to me, I think this was all one of those things where people were, you know, if you can sway the public opinion in your favor saying the whole city of Pittsburgh is saying, why are you not playing? We're losing. We're losing. We're losing. We're losing. We're losing. Bring it back. Pay him, pay him, pay him, pay him. 
now you've got all this pressure. Uh, now maybe the ownership's like, well, I, I don't know. People start doubting the organization, and then maybe you can use that as a position to get what you want. Right. Uh, I think that there are a lot of weird things came out of this. Uh, the weirdest thing, I think, uh, James Conner. Uh, I don't think anyone expected him to do the things that he did this season. I didn't. Uh, I was wrong. Which, which a lot of people, I, I think, will say, you know, maybe – did that alter your perception of what kind of player Le'Veon Bell is? Uh, because he wasn't one of those guys coming out of college, like Todd Gurley, uh, like any of these any of these backs this year in that first year, you know, first round, uh, wasn't as touted as those guys were. Uh, he's earned his position. He's earned his way through this league. Uh, so now it's going to be up to him to show that it's not the system. It's not the quarterback. It's not the people around him. It's Lev Bell. Uh, so, I mean, if you've got that level of confidence in yourself, which it seems like he does, uh, more power to you. Uh, I mean, if you're going to put your, you know, the, put your money where the mouth, where your mouth is, more power to you. Uh, yeah. And I think that's kind of the position he's in at this point. Yeah, I think whoever gets him is getting a real game changer. So uh, I think he's going to uplift an offense immediately. So <laughs> the only question is, is that how many years of that are you getting and how much are you willing to pay for the minimum amount? You know what I mean? I think whoever signs him, signs him front-loading three years and then tails off the last one or two years. Uh, sure. I think that, that seems smart to me. Yeah. Yep. So, And, Dan, the last piece of news running back-wise I wanted to cover, Kenyon Drake exited with a shoulder injury. Um, he was getting out-touched by Gore. I haven't really seen anything that says he's going to miss uh, an amount of time, but injury on top of Frank Gore out touching him I, this is why you know I, I never really got too swayed by those big boom games because this is just what can happen with him so yeah the mystery of Kenyon Drake continues right yeah so, <laughs> so Dan that covers all the news and notes that I wanted to cover um you ready to get into some real and fake oh yeah yeah so for those that are new or for those that uh might uh be unaware let's just educate on how real or fake works what we do is we look back to the previous week so we'll look back to week 10 we look at quarterbacks running backs wide receivers and tight ends we give a good performance we give a bad performance and then we discuss is this something you can believe in or is this something you should fade and and this was just a fake aberration of a performance so dan we normally rotate i think i'm up on the good this week so okay um i'll go ahead and get started with the quarterback good Baker Mayfield, 17 for 20, 216 yards, three touchdowns, added another 20 on the ground with six rushes. Over his past four games, he's 91 for 132, a 69% completion rate, 908 yards, nine touchdowns. What I like here is two interceptions, which is nice. Right. Adding another 72 on the ground on 11 rushes. He does have a pretty nice end-of-season schedule. Dan, is this real or fake? I'm going to say it's real. Uh, I think this was a situation where uh, initially maybe we were saying "Eh, it's fake. I I think we've talked about him at least once or twice before during this. Uh, But I'm going to say this is real. Um, I think that the new offensive... The new offense looks great. Uh, and the other thing that I think is helping Baker Mayfield here is the fact that Nick Chubb is playing so well. Right. Takes uh, the pressure when, off of him. When that running game is moving, when that running game has, you know, pretty much uh, able to sustain itself, it takes a lot of pressure off a rookie quarterback. It takes a lot of pressure off the quarterback to have to say, I got to put this on my QB and put this on my arm. Uh, he's not getting a lot of help uh, from his pass catchers, but there are some nice guys there. I think Callaway could be better than he's been. And Joku has been hit or miss games here and there. Uh, and, and But Landry, Landry's a great receiver. He's got nice, he's he's got talent. Um, and I like the schedule going you know, further, the only thing that's hurting Baker Mayfield's fantasy relevance, I think, is I think this is the deepest quarterback position. This is the deepest position in fantasy right now. Yeah. I think there's a lot of really great quarterbacks out there uh, who are just sitting on the waiver wire. Right. Uh, and there's some 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 more intriguing options available this week, especially if Joe Flacco doesn't play. Uh, I think I would be interested in maybe getting getting taking a flyer on Lamar Jackson if he can play because you're going to get some rushing out of him. That's guaranteed. You're going to get some big throws uh, down the field potentially. Uh, so uh, I think this is real. This is Baker Mayfield. I think you can rely on him to have stat lines like this. Maybe not better than this uh, this year. 
but I think maybe like I love this guy right now in a dynasty. In a in a dynasty setting, I think Baker Mayfield is uh, a, a great, great, great guy to have there sitting on your on your practice squad. Yeah, man, I I agree. I think I'm gonna buy it as well. Um, I just like what he's doing. He's not turning the ball over, and he's got a really good end of season schedule. So, to your point, it's deep, especially in ten team leagues. But um, right. I think he could do a lot worse, and it's worth it to take a flyer. He's playing very efficient right now. So, I mean, here's the type of guys that are available. Uh, I know myself, I picked up Trubisky last week. He's been spectacular. Uh, but I know May- Baker Mayfield's there, but I'd probably rather have Trubisky than Mayfield, right? Would you rather have Trubisky or Mayfield? I'd rather have Trubisky. He's just playing at a really high level with a right. better offense. So Right. So uh, I think that's the only thing that's hurting his fantasy value in a 10-team league regular setting. Uh, but obviously, dynasty setting completely different. Uh, and who knows where it goes from here. I, I think he could only get better. Yep. Positive outlook for a Cleveland Browns quarterback. When was the last time you had that going? Yeah, up? looks like they finally <laughs> got it right on a Cleveland quarterback. I mean, because they've selected a few of them recently. Right. So. So, Dan, let's go ahead. Uh, we both agree on Baker. How about Andy Dalton, who's our bad quarterback? You want to give some information on him? Yeah, last week. Oh, God, it's just horrible. Uh, 12 for 20, 153 yards, one touchdown, two interceptions. In his fat past four games, he's been 74 for 125 for a 59% per completion percentage. Only 810 yards, six touchdowns, not bad, but three interceptions and one fumble. Uh, he has had spectacular games, kind of, you know, big games where you expect big numbers from your quarterback against Pittsburgh, Kansas City, Tampa Bay, in New England. I mean, not even New Orleans. Uh, and it has just kind of tossed us some duds, Bob. Uh, is this is this the real Andy Dalton? Unfortunately, I think it is. I think that early season wave that we tried to ride is completely over. Um, well, at least we got to ride it a little bit. <laughs> right. So looking back on it, I mean, the Pittsburgh and New Orleans games, okay, those are very good. Uh, or, or They've turned their season around defensively, let me say that. Right. The ones that concerned me were Kansas City and Tampa Bay, where Kansas City in our league of record, he put up nine fantasy points, and Tampa Bay only 24 when everybody's putting up 30s. You know what I mean? Right. Yep. Um, the A.J. Green injury is concerning. They play yeah, some that, good hurt, that hurts him big time. It hurts him big time. They play some good defenses. Baltimore, Cleveland, Denver's okay. Chargers. I mean, so if you're banking on him, he might eliminate you from the playoffs just based on his last couple performances right. and his schedule. So, um, yeah, I think it's over. Um, you know, I think you can get away from Andy Dalton at this point. I would agree. And I, I think it comes to a, another part of kind of what we talked about with Baker Mayfield. Uh, this is the deepest position in fantasy right now. Uh, there's a ton of great quarterbacks out there. Uh, and there's a ton of quarterbacks who you probably would play over Andy Dalton. Uh, Baker Mayfield. I probably would play him over Andy Dalton at this point. I'll be honest with you. Uh, I know I'm playing Trubisky over him. Uh, it's one of those time. This is a bad time of the season for him and where he's supposed to be excelling he has not uh he's just not the same reliable Andy Dalton and I know we kind of were like hey he's underrated he's underrated and he showed for a while that why he should be considered underrated um but now maybe we were we need to check ourselves and say maybe he was right exactly where you thought he needed to be. Yeah, listen to the guys. And remember, we have a 10-team league where we only play one quarterback. So, Dan, I'm going to read you some names off waivers. Tell me, would you take this player or Andy Dalton? Russell Wilson. Yes. <laughs> oh, my God. Russell Wilson's on the, bell, yeah. on the waivers right now? Kurt dropped him for Big Ben last week, and that paid off. So, yeah. Um, Kirk Cousins is on the waiver. Are you taking him or Andy Dalton? Uh, Cousins. Eli Manning. Ooh. Against Tampa Bay. Against Tampa Bay. Yep. Eli. Yep. Dak Prescott against Atlanta. Yep. Matt Stafford against Carolina. Uh, that might be the only one I'd say, yeah, maybe not. Yeah, but, I mean, we just named four that you would comfortably take at least this week. So that, that Absolutely. illustrates it. So. Absolutely. All right, so we both agree we think Baker Mayfield could be for real, and Andy Dalton, it's time to move on. So, Dan, I'm going to go ahead and give our running back, and this one will probably sting to hear, but it's Aaron Jones. Uh, okay. <laughs> 
15 Thank you, Bob. Can't Fif- wait to talk about him. <laughs> well, here's your stat lines for you. 15 rushes, 145 yards, two touchdowns, five targets, three receptions, 27 yards. Here's the four-game comparison between him and Jamal Williams. In the last four games, Aaron Jones, 49 rushes, 347 yards. That's a 7.08 yards per carry, three touchdowns. 12 targets, 7 receptions, 37 yards. In that same time frame, Jamal Williams, 20 rushes for 75 yards, 3.75 yards per carry, 1 touchdown, 6 targets, 3 receptions, 30 yards. So he's basically half of what Jones is doing. So, Dan, is this performance real or fake? I'm going to say this performance is fake. Uh, and it's not any kind of sore feelings I have about Aaron Jones. Uh, anyone else can say, fine. Uh, but it's really not. And here's the reason why. And I know Aaron Rodgers came out to say, say, hey, we need to get Aaron Jones more touches. Uh, I get that. But I still think that this is Aaron Rodgers. This is an Aaron Rodgers team. This is a passing team. Uh, I think they probably want to get a little bit more balanced. And I think Aaron Rodgers kind of sees the benefits of having that high quality running back there. But, uh, I mean, he gashed the Dolphins. I mean, <laughs> it's the Dolphins. Uh, in the games before this, uh, I, I think you can take a look at the games before this. And that is maybe a little bit more of a, a classic or kind of expected situation um, for Aaron Jones. Uh, it, it's one of those. I just don't think that the volume's going to be there. Um, I think you have the big play potential. Uh but I think that the Aaron Jones um, from, you know, weeks three on uh, is probably the Aaron Jones that you're going to be getting. Uh, and here's the thing going forward. He's got to play Seattle next week. That's a pretty tough run defense. Minnesota, pretty good defense. Arizona, Atlanta. OK, I get that. And then Chicago, that's a tough defense. So I think you've got two really games where you can maybe get this Miami result. Uh, But I I really think that outside of, you know, three games so far this this year, um, the Buffalo game, the Rams game, and this Miami game, and those games he all scored touchdowns. Uh, He's been single-digit running back. So uh, that's kind of where I'm thinking. I think it's I think it's this level of so I guess I'm hedging a little bit. This level of performance, not real, uh, but it maybe gets a little bit more involved. So, you know what? I'm saying fake. I'm yeah. going to say fake altogether. I think we're going to sort of say the same things, but I'm going to look at it at, at, at a different point of view. And I'm saying this is real, but not to this level. So where I think yep. he's going to fall... Because I think, I mean, he's been averaging around 14 carries the past three games. So I think you're going to see around there, I'd say around 90 yards and a touchdown right. or possibility. So, um, you know, as somebody that you're sort of sitting on and waiting on, I think that's more of the expectation. I don't think you're going to see 15 for 145 and two. I think this is just the right matchup. Um, to your point, the schedule of the next two games is a little worrisome, but Arizona and Atlanta, as you're making the playoff push in your first week of your playoffs in most league, those are plum matchups. Right, and, and he, just, he's a must-start in, for, for, in those games, at least. I, I know that. So. Yeah, and so I'm just going to buy it, just not to the level of explosion that he just had. Um, you know, I think it's time they just got to get Jamal Williams a couple carries here and there. They, they don't need to have him involved as much as they do. It should be his backfield. So, Yeah, I think I think after this explosion, you've seen the – I mean, I think at the beginning of the season, you and I were both like, if Jamal Williams can show why he should be the starter, <laughs> he will be. Uh, he didn't. Uh, it took Aaron Jones a while to get to where, you know, this is. Um, but, uh, you know, I'm hedging my expectations going forward that this is what you're getting week in, week out. You know, if it, if I'm wrong, uh, Craig, you made the trade of the century right there. <laughs> yeah, so, Dan, why don't you go ahead and go over our bad running back this week? Our bad running back this week? Oh, gosh, and he was, uh, of course, bad, uh, just like Mr. Dalton was. The bad running back this week is James White. One rush for negative five yards. Eight targets, five receptions for 31 yards. Is this the real James White, Bob? I'm going to say this is fake. He's been way too involved and way too good for this to be the type of expectation. Right. Um, 
Now they're about to go on their buy like we talked about yesterday. So you're obviously not going to get them this week. Um, but I think that just gives them another week to right the ship of what happened this week against Tennessee. Um, I mean, this guy has been about as reliable a running back as there are outside of those top real top tier running backs so right uh, i'm gonna bank on bill belichick getting uh what he needs to get corrected and it's gonna be back to yeah even when sony michelle was healthy james white was still producing really big numbers and it's not always gonna be the rushing it's gonna be the passing uh, the passing i mean he outside of this past game in our league of record which is a half point ppr he's not been under 11 and a half fantasy points or yeah, no i'm sorry been... 10, 10 and a half was his next lowest i guess the point is outside of this past week he's been double digits and above in our league of record you can't ask right. for more than that from a guy you got late in your draft absolutely and somebody that you probably drafted if at all uh to maybe i mean i don't even think james white was showing up because at the beginning of the season uh it was pretty much rex burkhead and Sony Michelle, and here's the situation: is now that you know Burkett went down with injury, uh, Sony Michelle's been banged up. Uh, James White has now kind of shown why he is so valuable. Uh, I agree. I think this is a fake performance from James White. I think this was a fake performance from the Patriots all around. It was Agreed. a fluky game. Uh, I don't expect the offense to be this bad. I don't expect the fantasy performers to perform this terribly. <laughs> it's just one of those weird games where I think. Uh, you know, uh, Titans came out, punched them right in the mouth, uh, and they were kind of uh, punch drunk after that. They didn't know what else, what to do. Uh, so I agree. I think this is fake. There is some concern for me going forward uh, with how much Sony Michelle touched the game, touched the ball in this game. Uh, that that maybe Sony Michelle could cut in. But to your point, Bob, you you are absolutely correct. Even with Sony Michelle there, getting as much work as he did, uh, White still completely relevant, especially in the past game. Yep. So, yeah, I wouldn't read too much into this. Uh... And Dan and I are both on the same page. So let's move to wide receiver. Our good this week, Allen Robinson. Eight targets, six receptions, 133 yards, two touchdowns. Now, he was injured the previous two games. He only has two other touchdowns this season, and his previous high yardage mark was 83 yards. And Anthony Miller's been coming on the rookie. Last week he had six targets, five receptions, 122 yards, and a touchdown. So, Dan, is this performance, six for 133 and two touchdowns, is this real or fake? I think this is this is real, Bob. I think this is the turning point for Allen Robinson. I'm going to make a bold prediction that uh, this is going to be one of the several – the first of several hundred yard games. And and the reason I'm saying that is that as much as people want to believe that the Chicago Bears offense is a running team, it's not a running team. This is a passing team. Uh, and I think they showed that this past week against Detroit, who has one of the worst rushing defenses in the league, uh, they were passing all over them. They were, they were literally passing. Trubisky was fantastic. Uh, I think this is the way that the Bears are attacking teams now. Uh, I think Trubisky has made a huge leap this year. Uh, they went out and got Allen Robinson for a reason, to give him more weapons. And I think, I mean, him and Anthony Miller, uh, both uh, over 100 yards this week, both had touchdowns this week. Uh, and the other thing is, is that, I get that Tarek Conan's there and had a rushing touchdown. Uh, but unfortunately, as a as a Jordan Howard owner, and I noticed that yesterday, I'm not necessarily worried about him. And I'm not because I think he's going to get goal line touches and score touchdowns. But I don't expect him to be having, you know, long runs because this is the way they move the ball now. They're, they're an air team. It's on Trubisky. It's on the passing attack to kind of score points. And then it's on the defense to shut people down. That's how they won last week. I think the formula is coming together. Uh, so I'm, I'm saying this is real, and I think this is the start of something uh, beautiful for Allen Robinson. Yeah, I'm going to buy it too. And now it might be a down week this week against uh, Minnesota, but listen to their schedule to end the season. Lions, Giants, Rams, Packers, 49ers. That's that's really – you're, you're either playing bad teams that you can move the ball against or you're playing two elite teams that you're going to have to score to keep up with. Are you saying the Lions, the Giants, the Rams? Yes. Oh, you should have said, oh, my. Yeah. <laughs> I was waiting for it. I, I sort of knew where it was going. But, um, but yeah, I mean, Trubisky looks great. The offense is coming. To, it really came together the week before the bye in week four, and it just has been humming since then. So No, you're, you're absolutely correct. Um, so, yeah, I mean, could he have a down game against Minnesota? Very possible. 
but I wouldn't overreact to that because that schedule looks nice. And, and if he's healthy, I mean, he showed potential with Blake Bortles a couple years back. So, I mean, I think Trubisky's <laughs> uh, way above Bortles level. So, uh, yeah, I think I'm going to yes. buy into this as well. <laughs> yes, I agree. <laughs> so, Dan, why don't you go ahead and go into our bad performance of the week from the wide receiver. <sighs> the bad performance of the week is Doug Baldwin. Five targets, five receptions, 39 yards. In seven games this season where he hasn't been completely banged up, he's 29 targets for 23 receptions for a total yardage of 275 yards. And zero, zip, nada, no touchdowns. Is this the real Doug Baldwin or the fake Doug Baldwin, Balby? I'm almost wondering if this is sort of like Gronk, where maybe the injuries just aren't healed for this guy. Right. Um, So I'm going to say it's real because he's played with better weapons before this. I mean, Tyler Lockett's been there, but they had Jimmy Graham and he still produced. They've had a better running game and he still produced. But you would think once he's back healthy, this guy's just going to come in and funnel targets right his way. Now, Part of it is they are such a heavy run team, so that limits right. the passing attempts. And Tyler Lockett's really coming on. So, I mean, there's no need to just force-feed Doug Baldwin like there has been. Now, I'm saying this, and you know he normally heats up right along when Russell Wilson does. And right. he had that one season, I think two or three years ago, where he had like double-digit touchdowns down the second half of the stretch. So yeah. I don't think that's coming but I'm concerned that he's not really shown much of that old Doug Baldwin. So I'm going to say this is real. I don't think he turns it around to a even a wide receiver two level. I think if, if most, he's a high level three to a back end two, maybe. Yeah, actually, I'll, I'm going to disagree with you, Bob. And, and I'm going to say I'm disagreeing with because one of the big things that you point out is that this is right around the time, right around the time that the rust bus starts heating up uh, and kind of starts taking everyone for a ride. And I get it that, as we talked about yesterday, this is a run-heavy team. It's a run-heavy team. But I think the fact that they're a run-heavy team makes that play-action pass all the, that much better. Uh, so I, I think that this is the time that maybe Russell turns it around. And I still think that Doug Baldwin's the number one there. Tyler Lockett is pushing him for it. Uh, he could – maybe it's a 1A, one 1B one one type situation. Uh, but but I think this guy is gonna kind of you know pull it together. I expect him to turn it around. The whole team's kind of getting a little bit on track. They played great against LA, uh, even though Doug was kind of a no show as we just said. Uh, you know, but I, I think he's gonna turn it around. I think this is the fake Doug Baldwin. I think he's gonna kind of turn it on here at the second half. Cool. So yeah, looks like we disagree on Doug Baldwin, which I could see either outcome happening. So sure. Uh, you heard both of our points of view, and I just want to apologize. I thought I muted uh, my microphone, dealing with a little congestion. So if you hear me <laughs> sniffling uh, when Dan was giving that, my apologies. I looked. I'm like, oh, I didn't mute it. So Got a little sniffing. <laughs> so, Dan, let's move on to our last position tight end. And our good for this week is Jonu Smith from the Titans. Three targets, three receptions, 45 yards. The key is a touchdown. All right. Past two games, five targets, five receptions, 78 yards, two touchdowns. So he's not high targets, but he's catching every bit of it and scoring uh, more than uh, right around, um, no, actually over half of it. So um, what do you do? Are you buying this from Johnny Smith or what are your thoughts? Uh, uh, I mean, uh, I, I'm, I'm, I, I'm saying it's fake. Um, just because I, I don't think that you can rely on touchdown dependent tight ends. Right. But at the same time, what else are you getting from this position right now? <laughs> uh, it's it's five players. So, I mean, if a guy's on a hot streak, I mean, he were talking about whistling Disley earlier this season. Where's he been? <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's one of those situations where. Uh, there's like these people are gonna just hit and hit and hit, and they're gonna hit at weird times, and they're gonna hit at, at weird in weird games. And uh, I mean, look at the guy from the Texans. You know, he's been on a little bit of a hot streak too. Uh, so I just don't know what to do with tight end. Uh, I'm still saying this fake. If he goes over a hundred. This week, uh, you know, with the touchdown, I wouldn't be shocked just because of how crazy the tight end position is right now. Uh, but 
you know, if you've seen Kyle Rudolph, who I think is the classic touchdown dependent tight end, uh, he just hasn't been producing at the same level as kind of the, the big, the other big guys. So I think if it's, a, if the matchup is favorable, why not, why not throw him out there? If you don't have any better options, like for example, if you invested in Jordan Reed, why not go this, give this guy a shot? Uh, it, it seems like he's probably has a better chance of scoring a touchdown than Jordan Reed does. So, <laughs> Uh, that's saying something. That, yeah, and that's kind of where I'm coming from is that, you know, I'm saying this is fake. This is not what you're getting every week, but uh, you're not having very many better options out there. So, I mean, I don't blame you if you want to give the guy a, a shot and see if he can continue the hot streak of touchdowns. Yeah, I'm going to say this is fake too because let me give you his stats previous to these two performances. And this is from weeks one through seven. Now, I know Delaney Walker was involved there for, for a game, to you know, maybe a couple. But right. this is what he gave you outside of this. Five receptions for a little over 40 yards and no touchdowns. So, you're, all of a sudden now he's five receptions for, what is it, 78 yards and two touchdowns? <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. I just think you could probably find better if you're desperate, sure. But uh, I'm gonna say this is fake. I, I you know, I'd rather look for uh, maybe a, just see if Vance McDonald's available for sure. Um, I'd even take a look at maybe one of the Rams tight ends. I know Jeff Hireman's on the waivers in our league of record. I, I think you could do better options. So I'm gonna say this is fake. Uh, I mean, I, I get that, but I just think it's all again. The the position is. I mean, who would have thought that one of the best tight this year was going to be George Kittle, right? I mean, that's one of those one of those guys who I think has just kind of emerged as the main threat on that team. Uh, so, I mean, I, where I well, I don't think there's going to be the same level of production. Uh, you know, I don't mind it if you're trying to ride a hot streak because right. you might get George Kittle. Who knows? Right. So, yeah, let's close it up with our bad, Dan. Who do we got as our bad for the week? The bad is surprisingly somebody uh, who who I still have a have a big kind of uh, a big soft spot for because I don't think he's going to be this bad. I'm showing my hand already, but boy, uh, two targets, one reception for 15 yards, and that is OJ Howard. Yeah, this is totally fake. I, I'm not buying into this performance at all. This guy's been as about as consistent as you can get over the four games before this. You're looking at four receptions for 60 yards and a touchdown yep. threat. Uh, yep. Fitzpatrick just had one of those weird games. He threw for over 400 and some yards, no touchdowns, and you right. really didn't get much from Howard or, or Mike Evans. So this is totally fake. I would not be concerned. Yeah, I completely agree with you. This is just, a, like you said, a fluky game. I mean, when was the last time you saw a quarterback throw for over 400 yards and no touchdowns? Yeah. I, I mean, that's that's unbelievable to me uh it's just one of those things that i'm not worried that you know maybe oj howard's taking more of a backseat to cameron Bray. not all that worries me uh i'm i'm full-blown in agreement with you this is completely fake uh i think you can keep starting him with confidence at this point yeah and that wraps up our real or fake once again that's one of our favorite uh segments that we do each week we'll continue to do that all the way through the end of the fantasy season uh, but Dan, let's go ahead and move to. We got a couple Twitter questions that I wanted to to cover um, yeah. here, and the first one is from at FL Two Drink Minimum. His question is: Josh Reynolds really the Cooper Cup handcuff, or do those targets translate to the Rams tight ends who both caught touchdowns? Dan, what are your thoughts on Josh Reynolds? Uh, I think at a time in which you are getting a lot of injuries to come up, uh, if you've got space on your roster why not give him a shot uh you know we can do a whole lot worse i mean we went over his stats last night for our legal record uh pretty pedestrian until that one game where he scored two touchdowns so uh I, i'm going with the philosophy that john Noll john has kind of uh said to us or said to me at least if you can get any part of this offense you know i'm getting i'm getting it and uh you know who knows who hits down the line uh i i still think cooks is probably the number one uh woods is the number two uh that slot receiver though i still think he can get a lot of action uh so i think he is the true handcuff uh he's probably one of the guys that i'm targeting off the <laughs> I'm showing my hand. I don't care. Uh, off, the, <laughs> off the waiver wire list this week for sure. Yeah, I, I said I sort of agreed with his premise. Um, 
Reynolds is going to play more. That's just going to naturally happen. But I don't think he's just going to consume the target share that Cup was getting. Right. I think that this will be where you start seeing the tight ends being more involved. Um, but to your point, yeah, I mean, what's what's wrong with your end of bench spot taking a flyer on this guy to see if he produces? I mean, this, the worst thing that happens, he doesn't, you could drop him. I mean, it's not like he's going to be, um, you know, somebody that you need or are forced to start at every given week from this point on. But, yeah, you yeah, want to get a piece of this offense. Yeah, absolutely. And it's one of those things is that you're exactly right. If he, if he hits, you look like you you look great. If he doesn't hit, well, what's it matter? You just drop him for somebody else when you need to. So right. uh, I, I think there's a lot of upside with little risk at this point for that guy. Right. So thanks, FL2 Drink Minimum, for the question. Appreciate it. I, I think we've got back-to-back weeks from you, so I appreciate that. Dan, last question I want to get to is at Five Finger Solo, Peter Lee. Thanks again for the question, Peter. His question is week 11. Are you starting Trubisky or Mariota? Trubisky. Let me, let me give you the matchup. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, <laughs> Trubisky is playing the Vikings, so tough matchup on paper. And I think what he's looking at is Mariota, who – let me find him here – I don't know why I'm looking right past him, but uh, he plays the Colts. So on paper, better matchup, but go ahead, Dan, and, and you were saying Trubisky? Yeah, I'm saying Trubisky just because I think the offense is on fire. Uh, the other thing is is that I, I think Trubisky, I mean, I get you've got Deion Lewis there and uh, – you know Tennessee, uh, but I just like the Chicago offense way more than I like the the Titans offense in general. Uh, I like Cohen. Uh, I, I don't think you have much concerns about a running game, so they're going to be throwing the ball a lot. Right. I, I get it's a it's a better it's a better defense. Uh, but you know what? I think even though it's a better defense, I, I trust the Chicago offense more than I trust the Tennessee offense. Yeah, and I sort of said the same thing. I said, if you look at it on paper, which is, I think, where he was coming from, is Mariota has the better matchup, but I'm riding the hot-handed Trubisky. I mean, this guy he's not only passing a lot, but I think something that gets overlooked with him is he provides a very safe floor with his rushing amount. Right, he had a rushing touchdown this past week. Uh, I mean, that's just stuff you don't get from very many quarterbacks, so even if they do sort of uh, you know, bottle him up a little bit, I mean, outside of Buffalo, where he only rushed for six yards, he's given you 32 yards, 24 yards, 8 yards, 53, 47, 81, 51, 6, 18, with three rushing touchdowns. I mean... <laughs> right. Where, where else are you getting that outside of maybe Russell Wilson, Cam Newton. maybe Patrick, Cam, New, Cam Newton, Patrick Mahomes, like those types of guys? Yeah, so, uh, Peter, we say start uh, Trubisky. Don't overlook the what looks on paper to be a, a favorable matchup. So Right. It, it does look like a good matchup for Mariota. You know, Mariota can rush as well. I, I just feel like, uh, you know, I, I think a lot of it is riding the hot hand. Right. I and uh, Trubisky is as hot as, as anyone else right now in this league in terms of uh, the way they're playing. Yep. So those were the two Twitter questions I wanted to cover. So thank you both. Uh, and we look forward to getting more questions uh, as we go on here. Feel free to always hit us up on Twitter at NotTakesFF, N-O-T-T-A-K-E-S-F-F. Um, and we look forward to that. But, Dan, let's close things out with a quick preview of the Thursday night game, which should be a good one. Both teams yeah. are fighting for playoff positioning and staying alive, really. And it's the Green Bay Packers against the Seattle Seahawks. So another good Thursday night game, what looks to be on paper. So. Um, Dan, just overall thoughts, you know, fantasy point of view, what players are you looking forward to in Seattle? See, these games, like the, the, the advertisements for these games have all been like, remember this game, remember this controversial game, remember this controversial call. Uh, so I'm pumped up for this game. I, I can't wait for it. I, this is one of those games that I'm actually really looking forward to. And I'm surprised it's on a Thursday night, but the Thursday night games have been pretty darn good this year. Right. So uh, I'm definitely looking forward to it. Uh, I think, you know, I think you have the old, the old, uh, old reliables, you know, Aaron Rodgers, Devontae Adams. Uh, really, I'm seeing, hey, can Aaron Jones, uh, do, you, do you still, uh, can you can you put it back to back? Can you put it back to back weeks together? Uh, <laughs> I mean, I'm a little invested in that one, so we'll see how that goes. And uh, at least on the uh, Seattle side, I'm, I'm really interested to see how this running back situation plays out. I was actually uh, just going to ask you that. So if Carson's healthy, you had Penny, 
look really good. You have had Davis look good in the past. What, what right. do you do if they're all healthy? But see, the only problem is, is with Carson is, is that I think you, if you roll him out there, he's healthy. Uh, but you know, it's the old Leonard Fournette approach to things is he gets banged up. He gets a thigh injury, something aggravates something. They say, all right, we'll shut him down. Next man up. And then you got Mike Davis and then your fantasy, you, you've wasted a running back spot on your fantasy roster. Yep. Uh, so that's the only thing that bothers me. Uh, I guess I guess you need to pay like close attention or we need to pay close attention to see kind of how the week goes for Carson. If the practicing goes well, if those things go well, uh, I'm feeling pretty good about starting him. If not, uh, I still think Mike Davis has value, uh, even if Penny uh, yeah. goes off. And here's the thing is that Mike Davis has had better games than Penny. Penny's had atrocious games. Penny's had games where he's had no touches. Yep. Uh, this is a situation where he, he played kind of how people expected him to play. But just like Aaron Jones, let's see if you can put back-to-back games together, my man. Right. And, and that's kind of what I'm looking for. Yeah. Also, uh, let's see what Tyler Lockett does this week. Yeah, and Jimmy Graham. Jimmy Graham. This is a this is a revenge game for Jimmy Graham. Yeah. Uh, so that 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 intrigues me as well. Yeah, I'm I'm I'll go the Seattle side of things. I'm riding the Russ bus. This is the second half Russell. So I'm riding that. Uh, I actually do like the matchup for Doug Baldwin and Tyler Lockett in our league of record. Green Bay's the 26th uh, defense against wide receivers. So I think yep. they could both be wide receiver threes. And yeah, I think if Carson's truly healthy, you start him. If not, I think you go Mike Davis as a running back two slash flex. Um, from the Green Bay side of things, uh, real quick, uh, you're starting Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams, no-brainer. You're starting Aaron Jones as a high-end running back, too, to see if he stays hot. And I'm still riding Valdez-Scantling. Until he shows that yeah, he's not involved, yeah. I'm, I'm riding him as well. Yeah, I like that. Uh, I definitely think Valdez-Scantling has, has some value. I mean, it's one of those things where uh, I, I'm not necessarily super concerned about uh, not playing any of these guys. I mean, I'm not concerned about the um, the the Seattle defense in terms of being able no. to stop the passing game. No. I think you saw that last week. Pretty susceptible to that. Uh, but the other point, uh, you know, I think that they did a nice job at least. I mean, Todd Gurley had a great game. Uh, but he also had most of that yardage in the first half of the game. I mean, he was up up a lot of uh, up a lot of yards in that first half. So I think they have a chance to bottle up uh, Jones. Uh, so you know, I think you could have bigger nights out of uh, Valdez Scantling and uh, Devontae Adams. Yep. So that wraps up our Tuesday night show. Dan, I know you've got some travel going on, but I think we're going to be good for Thursday, correct? We should be good to go for Thursday, yeah. Yep, so... Um, I'll, I'll be live on scene for the uh, Steelers-Jacksonville game this weekend, everybody. Yeah, so let's see Steeler <laughs> domination. So yeah, we'll, uh, we'll be joined Thursday where we're going to go over our rankings, we'll do our matchup analysis, and we'll look to get the crew back together for getting drafty on draft app. Let's go ahead and close up the show. So... As always, follow us on Twitter and Instagram at NotTakesFF, N-O-T-T-A-K-E-S-F-F. Love all the questions, love the interaction, so we want to keep that going. Uh, feel free to email us, NotTakesFF at gmail.com. You can visit our podcast homepage, anchor.fm forward slash NotTakesFF. That's A-N-C-H-O-R dot F-M. You can follow us there. You can listen to our show directly from there. You can interact with us through leaving voice messages. You can leave applause, give us thumbs up. Uh, it's almost like a social platform for podcasting. But if you don't want to listen to us there, you have the ability to see every platform that we're available on. Um, and you have direct links there. So you can click directly from there and get to the platform of your choice. Uh, as we always say, we're on 12 different platforms right now. Uh, spot <laughs> 12? <laughs> Big, we got the dozen going on right now. Yeah, the uh, dirty dozen. So Apple, Spotify, Google, Podbean, Stitcher, TuneIn. Uh, you know, we're all all the links are available in there, so you can find them. And then for those Apple listeners, please take a moment, rate and review our show. A five star rating and review really helps us, uh, helps the searches for our podcast, and really just helps if you like what we're doing uh take a moment and, and please leave that review for us and for anybody that listened to us anywhere go ahead and subscribe because when you subscribe you'll get the latest episodes as soon as they're published and dan why don't you go ahead and drop a thank you to your brother 
Yeah, it's the song that enters and exits us every single day, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, it's a tune called All Much, written by my brother, performed by my brother. Uh, if you like what he's doing, if you enjoy the music like we both do, check him out. It's on SoundCloud. The guy's name is That Dude Tom. And, uh, you know, give him a listen. Uh, there's a lot of new good stuff on there. He tries to keep it uh, pretty fresh. And uh, thanks, out. Thanks, man, for letting us use that. Uh, it's a good tune, and uh, I know both you and I uh, really enjoy it, Bob. Yep, so join us again on Thursday night where we'll go ahead and do our rankings and matchup analysis. But until then, Dan, I will talk to you later. Later!